shit. Oh my God, holy shit. Oh, oh, oh my God, holy fuck, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Open this bag, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. Open the bag, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. I'm Kerm, out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I make uh, hip hop and rap music. Um, and before COVID uh, happened, I used to uh, book shows around the city, uh, but a lot of the venues that I booked at have closed. That's interesting. Okay, so that's cool that you came from like that same industry. Um, are they like closed permanently or just like temporarily? Or um, so most of the venues uh, that I used to perform at, book shows at, and um, just kind of hang out at uh, are gone. Oh. Um, I'm very confident though that. Uh, moving into the future that you know, new entrepreneurs, uh, new DIY folks, uh, more passionate people, um, or even the same people will get inspired again and uh, be able to, you know, have a new space. Yeah. Because uh, the city is going to really need it um, once this is all said and done. Yeah, definitely. Was the music scene really like heavy there or... Yes. Yeah. Um, so I am, for context, originally from Daytona Beach, Florida, where okay. um, it's mainly all old people. Um, so there's no concerts. Classic Florida. Yeah, there's uh, no concerts, no real local bands, um, minus like a, a handful um, who might play in like a parking lot. Uh, and that's the only thing going on in town that night. Mm -hmm. um, or a cover band, a lot of cover bands, a lot of cover bands in Daytona Beach. And that has not changed that much. Um, so I used to drive all the way to Orlando or Jacksonville or somewhere else when I was in high school to, to go and see live music, to actually, you know, see like a touring band or artist. Um, so yeah, in Atlanta, the scene is crazy. It's awesome. There's so much music, so many genres. Um, you have like experimental jazz, you have rock music, you have punk bands, um, you have indie stuff, you have opera music, orchestra, um, all kinds of rap and trap. I mean, it's truly every single music, music genre like out there known to humans. Um, someone's doing it in Atlanta. That's great to hear. I mean, like coming from such a small, I mean, I wouldn't even say any city in Florida is small, but it is like, it's hard to get down there maybe for some artists and especially like build up that scene. And um, so like going into, you know, Georgia, Atlanta, or uh, it's just like probably so eye-opening you know yeah no it was um it was a lot at first and it was overwhelming in a good way mm -hmm. um and then eventually I just kind of adjusted and uh you know I went to like when I first moved to Atlanta I was going to shows almost every night yeah um, just because it was <laughs> so easy you know and you it was so <laughs> you're like yes I could go just like down the street probably you know legitimately yeah you can um just like turn a corner and there's probably a music venue there or at least there used to be um yeah but uh yeah no it was great and i was seeing all kinds of shows um you know networking meeting meeting all kinds of people um and that's really how i became you know able to book shows um just through you know organically meeting people in person um, yeah i went to high school with this chick and she like kind of did the same thing like you know here in the dallas area um there's a lot of places to go see live music and so she i asked her in high school i was like hey how did you like get into like booking and like kind of kind of like getting you know into the scene because that was something I've always been interested in and she's like just through meeting people like basically exactly what you said I think that that's like the most natural way to like do that kind of job like yeah, you wouldn't even consider it a job though because <laughs> yeah but there's definitely a way to do it you know yeah. um a lot of trial and error there um there was definitely people I approached who maybe I should have invested a little more time 
in that relationship before just kind of coming up and being like, hey, I'm Kerm. I want to play here. Uh, or like, I want to like make a show happen here. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, it, there's like a, a, a thin line to it, you know, yeah. between like networking and then just like being a dick. Um, and then, you know, you just kind of got to like, well, you definitely Navigate have to put that. yourself out there in the industry. Like, it's really hard to, like, make a name for yourself. Um, have you, like, kind of experienced that at all? Or how long have you been going out uh, this? Yes. So I've been uh, making uh, rap music now seriously um, since, like, I think 2017. I think 2017 was the first year I released something. Yeah. Because I was when Illusions of Power came out. Uh, it was my first project. Recorded that all in one day. Would never do that again. That was... <laughs> horrible eight Jeez. songs in eight hours never again uh but um what was the original question there I, I got a little sidetracked so how so I did ask how long you've been doing this what was, what were you saying there so it's been since 2017 so about three years um and then was it like hard to three four years I guess we're in 2021 now yeah right? yeah <laughs> time is flying um getting used to it year. for real um but yeah, was it hard to like, kind of like make a name for yourself or like, did you ever reach any like setbacks where you were like, is this for me? Or like, you know, tell me about that. I think a lot of people um, go through that question. Is this for me? Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of a lot in this undertaking of, of being a musician, because you can very easily just occupy this status and be a musician. But what does that really mean to a lot of people? Um, yeah. A lot of people will say like, oh, if you make a livelihood from it, like then you can, you can say like, I do this for a living or if you're just really passionate. Um, but yes, and to answer your question, um, I have experienced so much negativity around all of that, around trying to make a name for yourself because so many people view it as being dog eat dog and competitive. And well, if I make it, they can't make it. And if mm-hmm. they make it, I can't make it kind of mentality when that's not true at all. We can all come up together. And that's something that I've preached in the circles that I run in. Um, I try and promote other artists, um, other podcasts, um, other creative endeavors, really, um, because it's so easy. It's so easy to just be like a nice person, a supportive person, and uh, to just spread love. Mm -hmm. Um, But in Atlanta, in particular, there is such a culture in the hip hop scene. If Mm -hmm. people don't know who you are, it's very cutthroat. And it's very like, man fuck you yeah Um, it's very like uh like man who's this who's 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 this at my event yeah Yeah. uh but not everyone's like that but i mean there's a lot of people like that especially in the genre i think outside of atlanta as well um because i've dealt with it um when i've been on the road and um i think my appearance also kind of plays into that i think people see me right and then the long hair is a little new i've done this before once um Sorry for you audio listeners, you can't see my gorgeous locks. <laughs> I'll put like but, a little um, uh, promo leak out from the conversation on my Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. So they'll, they'll see a little bit, but yeah, we only do audio really. So <laughs> show it off. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I think people like kind of see me and they, um, even without the mustache or, or with it for that matter, uh, they kind of look at me and they're like, who the hell is that guy? He's going to rap. What? You look kind of indie, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people um, just kind of underestimate me in general um, based off appearance alone. And um, I really like to like serve up more than that expectation and to surpass it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great feeling to see people be shocked or yeah. to have someone after you perform come up to you and be like, to say some really demeaning shit at first, but like almost a backhanded compliment. But then they're like, I liked you. So they'll come up and they'll be like, 
I'd be like, yeah, I, th I thought you were a bitch. I, th I straight up, I thought you like sucked. And then you started rapping. I still thought you sucked. But then like afterwards, I thought it was okay. And, yeah. Like, <laughs> you'll, you'll experience like some people, they don't say exactly that, but you know, it's like their demeanor, right? They come up and they're like, not that interested and then they like yeah. hear what you what you have to say or you, you know like your your style and then they're about it and that's always good to like meet someone and you know have them play the opposition at first and then in time they're like hey like they're in that network in that circle and you know reach out to you in the future hopefully right yeah yeah i mean most of the time if someone approaches me right after a set i i don't want to i don't want to talk to them right like i like and i don't have like an ego this isn't me being like who is this person coming up there because like i'm not i'm not a huge name right like people don't i'm not a household name yet you know mm -hmm. it's gonna happen someday yeah <laughs> um but uh right after a set though it's like i'm tired i want to drink water i'm trying to smoke <laughs> weed like <laughs> you just know, like, like i'm trying out. to like give me a second get out, get out of there for a second you know like down but like so many people right after you perform like if you did a good job they want to come up to you and they, they want to yeah. talk to you and that's like really cool because it's like oh wow like you want to talk to me you want to tell me all these nice things <laughs> at least you hope right mm -hmm. um but it's uh it could be tiring it could be really tiring like right at, right after you perform you know people just right. coming up to you i've had like uh this one time it's this guy i remember him his name's white sauce this is white dude Alfredo. i like just got okay. done <laughs> <laughs> I just got done performing, right? And he comes up and he's like, just super wasted. And he's like, he's like, yo, what's up, man? Those were some sick rhymes. You want to hear mine? And I was just like, nah, man, I'm sorry. Like, you know, the venue's going to close soon. Like, I really got to go. And then he was like, cool. Anyway, so the cat with the hat and the bat. And, the and he just started like freestyling. And I got trapped. I got like taken hostage by this dude. <laughs> it was terrible. Oh my um, gosh. Th that happens though. That happens. Yeah. They see you rap and they're like, wow, you're good. Wait, so he I wasn't a performer or anything. He was just like a random guy who watched your show? Yeah, I didn't know who he was. Oh my gosh. Uh, he was just, just some dude. I feel like people have a connection after they see you perform, you know, whether that be like artists, like EDM artists or rappers or even just like singers and stuff. Like I've gone to so many shows and it's like you watch this person perform for like an hour, you know, hour and a half or whatever. And then you go see them out in the crowd and you like want to go talk to them. But it's like you got to keep in mind they just like performed a set, you know, like they're exhausted. And have you ever had someone like want to take a picture or? Yeah, I've actually, um, this is not a joke. Like, not a joke at all, but I've had people ask me for my autograph. Okay. Um, that's only happened like twice. Mm -hmm. uh, but for pictures, yeah, I've had that happen like a handful of times. Like, yeah. you know, maybe like 10, 15 times on the okay. span of like, I used to know exactly how many shows I played, but since it's been over a year, uh, I think I played 36 shows in Atlanta, I think. Mm -hmm. I have like a little document. I keep track of yeah, every awesome. live performance I've ever seen and then every live performance I've ever given oh okay yeah see i i like you see even keep those like festival wristbands and then like i lost the pile and then i just stopped and now i'm like well i wish i had all these like momentums and tokens of like you know experiences so i think that's like really cool that you like at least keep a list of all the people you've seen yeah and um i have dates on it too um mm -hmm. so like i can like kind of piece together a bill mm -hmm. of like who played that show 
Um, and then I just kind of like denote like how many times I've seen them. Uh, yeah. but I'm really sentimental. Uh, I actually have a box. I call it my memory box. I know yeah. that sounds really sexual to some people, but uh, <laughs> it's not. Not to me. I have one too. It's, it's like a legitimate memory box. It's, you yeah. know, important stuff. I keep some pictures and what's like, what do you, what do you keep in yours? So Let's I do personal. keep a lot of old like family photos. Um, okay, yeah. Um, but I also keep like any like tickets to concerts, um, like festival wristbands, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. um, if like a friend writes me a letter, I'll put that in there. Maybe yeah. like, you know, cause that doesn't happen too often. Yeah. In the digital I, age, I, no one's writing letters. <laughs> True. But you know, those days were, I mean, I feel like you'll come across someone who does like write a letter and it's like really just like heartwarming and that's something you have to keep. It's like, okay. And then do you ever like, how often do you go back and look through the memory box? Probably once a year. Yeah. Probably about once a year. And I'll spend like a night in it. Like, honestly, yeah. like, it really takes <laughs> Like, back. oh my God, I did. I, you forget you do things and, you know, experiences you've had and like maybe connections you've made with people. And then you like go through this box and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've had it for so long, uh, as long as I can remember, really. So there's, there's some items in there, like from like early, early Kerm, like before Kerm was Kerm. Yeah. Kerm. Pre, -Kerm. <laughs> Pre. That could sound really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like wait <laughs> okay so like in my memory box though I remember I would keep like things from like relationships and then I would went through it and then do you ever like take things out and then throw it away like I remember I kept this like mint from a first date and then like not a mint but like the I don't know I guess it was matches and I like took them out because it was a bad memory and then we got back together and I'm like why did I do that <laughs> Yeah, we're still happy. So it's like I can, emphasize with it. I can definitely emphasize with it. But I don't think I've taken anything out. I feel like once it goes in the memory box, it's, it's it should there. stay. That's a new yeah. rule of mine. Like once it's there, just leave it hands off. Is it a big box? I'm like kind of uh, curious because I've never had this conversation with someone about like a, a box, you know, because <laughs> it's common for people to do I feel. Yeah. Um, I think that like most people probably have one if, mm -hmm. unless they're, you know, sociopaths <laughs> um it's not too big of a box it's like maybe like shoebox size or i feel like it's like a little bit bigger than a shoebox okay yeah, yeah. That's, that's really good because i was just gonna keep like doing this and this is a bad idea for a microphone <laughs> yeah i'm like that looks like sh well also like i'm trying to like see what those like dimensions are that you're like you know hand miming <laughs> <laughs> You did a good job. Or whatever. Okay. You saved the day there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is an audio podcast. Keep it by. <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you more a little bit about like your style because I did listen to some of the songs that you have on SoundCloud. Um, and I was really impressed with like your most recent album. It seemed to like get pretty political, which makes sense. Like given what we've been going through this past year, like, can you like elaborate on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so this past, uh, you know, year, um, really like past like five years, has been a dumpster fire. Uh, you know, ever since the 2016 election, it's just been, um, we've been kind of heading to this point. And um, I think all COVID did was really just kind of expose a lot of the hypocrisies, the corruption, the greed, mm -hmm. and um, the, the evilness of just the government and some of our officials and not only, you know, the president or ex-president rather, uh, you know, Donald Trump and um, just the whole thing, the whole shebang. I mean, the police brutality that went on last year um, and just how the Capitol, I mean, I made all this music before the Capitol happened, right? But mm -hmm. like seeing that was, 
I mean, that was wild in, in yeah. such a bad way. Um, and so many horrible things have happened so recently uh, that an artist and I, uh, Real Venom, uh, the other artist uh, who was a part of the EP, America Must Burn, my most recent release that you were speaking of, um, we <laughs> Plug it. really felt impacted by a lot of these things. And we wanted um, to kind of, you know, step up and, and put out this message. Um, it was really therapeutic for us. And um, we think it can be for others. Um, not the whole EP is like super political. Um, there's one of my most ignorant songs I've ever written on there. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a fun time. And um, I've always kind of been about what America Must Burn represents. Uh, on all of my music, uh, from Kerm Johnson to Illusions of Power, there's usually at least uh, one track about how I feel about some sort of political issue. Mm -hmm. So are you like kind of a political person? Like, do you get into that and like keep up oh, with politics? Or? It waxes and wanes, really. Um, I go back and forth between being like really invested in it and then I just get so drained because it's so toxic and yeah. it is just so much. I mean, I used to treat Facebook like it was LinkedIn and at every person I ever met. Like if I <laughs> met you, I was adding you on Facebook, right? Yeah. And like I would, I would kept you on there. I prided myself on not blocking anyone, not removing anybody. And I was like, I can see with this random person I met in a bar in this other city is doing like today. Cause like, I could just be like, Oh, what's, what's Jeremy doing? Or like, Oh, like what's John doing? And like, I could go and look it up and that had a lot of value to me. Right. Mm -hmm. But so many people were like, just on the other side of the, of, of these issues. And it was just so ugly. And I don't want to say that I'm closed off to conservatism or, or Republicans or whatever. I'm not trying to say that I won't hear anyone out, but I'm not that. I'm, yeah. I'm not that. And um, I don't, I don't really like, like a lot of what is going on over there. Now, Democrats, mm -hmm. I'm not that either. I, yeah. I don't really like that either. You know what I mean? I, I don't like either of the two party systems because they're basically the same thing. And uh, as long as we only have two, one's just got to say they're better than the other. Mm -hmm. uh, climate change, for example, mm -hmm. the Republicans, they'll go, it doesn't exist. So then the Democrats to win on that subject, all they have to do is go, it exists. And then they're the liberals. They're the liberal on that. They don't have to actually do any policy or make any changes. They just have to say, nah, that guy's lying. It does exist. Mm -hmm. And that makes them the liberal. There's no real liberal party in America. Um, and then it like the, the next thing you have yeah. after that is what, libertarians? Yeah. Like 2% of the vote? What is that? What is that? What the, what the hell are they doing? Doing all that work? For what? For show. For I show. mean, they're not a third party if you ask me. I voted third party in this past election. I mean, no shade to people who vote that way, but it's just like- <laughs> That's kind of like, I've heard from various people that I've like kind of brought that up to. It's like, oh, well, you know, you're throwing away your vote, like vote for, vote Democrat, vote Republican. Like, it's like, they just want you to like, listen to their side. And since there really is like only two sides, it, it just, it, it's the perfect opportunity to like divide the country. And that's really yeah. what we've seen. Yeah, and we are divided in so many ways mm -hmm. constantly being pitted against each other and we're thrown scraps all the time just all the time these stimulus checks uh that we've gotten oh it's a joke compared to the rest of the world mm -hmm. it's a complete joke we're getting crumbs off of the table that the rich the wealthy the elite and the government is eating off of they're eating a full ass thanksgiving dinner and we are getting their crumbs that are from the corners of their mouth yeah. So it's not even fresh crumbs. It's crumbs no. with some saliva on it. 
Yeah, no, for real. And then even just seeing the past like uh, stimulus relief bill that they were, you know, passing a while back. Did you like look at the details? Like I was surprised that there was like stuff going to Malaysia or these all these third world countries and it just, you know, we're getting $600, right? Yeah, I mean, you see that with a lot of bills and a lot of like legislation. Mm-hmm. They'll always like sneak in like, oh, oh, you, you want like equal pay for women? Sure. We're also going to slip in that we're going to increase private prison populations by 20%. And it's just like, yeah. what the hell? Like, like, how does like, this relate there's so like, many... at all? You know, like I thought it was a stimulant, like a, a COVID relief bill. And then all of a sudden they're like fish populations off of the coast of, you know, some country. It's like, what is going on here? Like, how does this even... I, I was just so confused. It was that one video that Trump had like posted him reading off all these um, side associations for the bill. And I just like really, I've never really been a political person um, and I don't really like get into, get heavy into politics. Like I'm, I'm just kind of like a, it doesn't affect my day-to-day life that much kind of person. And so, you know, being in Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, like people are pretty, it's, it's a conservative area. And um, in high school, I really did like notice that there were two very opposite sides. And, and I had like the most liberal, um, like social studies teacher. <laughs> and so like our class being mostly conservative and, you know, there's like smart, like mouthy high school kids. It was, it was just really chaotic. And that was whenever I really like was introduced to like this could divide people up pretty quickly. Yeah. And um, it's pretty bad now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty now look at And now look at where we are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I would have never guessed. I would have never, I don't think anyone out there could truly say that they would know where the world would be right now. And mm-hmm. in this moment, I don't think anyone could have predicted this. No. And then everyone, like at the beginning of the at end of 2019, they're like, oh, this year sucks. Like, I'm so excited. We're going to make 2020 our year. And then like, it turned into a big like dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. And like, I don't even know, like, when do you think? So here in Texas, they just lifted, uh, our governor just lifted a, that, uh, that mat. Have governor you heard about Abbott. that? Yeah. Governor Greg, <laughs> he lifted masks and I guess things are back open to a hundred percent. Of course, like big stores and like at HEB or, you know, Kroger, or even I was just shopping in the, in the downtown of uh, the city I live in. And, you know, they still have signs like, yes, we see that Governor Greg has lifted, you know, masks, but please wear one if you're in our store. So it's just like, I don't know. What was his reasoning? Do you know what his reasoning was for being like, you don't need it anymore? I think he just wanted, you know, businesses to be back open. Um, he made this statement in Lubbock and I went to school at, at Tech and the restaurant that he made, like that he was at was like this rowdy place that people would go to like kind of on the ghetto side of town and like just get super drunk. And so I was like, why is he there? Like there's so many like nicer restaurants that he could have like dined at, but um they were probably the one that wanted to host him you know i bet those nicer places were probably like we don't want to be associated with this like, like wear a mask <laughs> i don't know i'm, I'm I, that's a good question i'm really not sure what his reasoning was behind it um and like i said i don't really like play too much into politics i mean i'm interested in hearing other people's ideas just because i i don't 
I'm not going to like go in and have conflict with like an opposing idea. I like to hear other people out. So like, I like to hear what you're saying and like your ideologies um, on everything, but yeah, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not too sure what he was thinking. I mean, a lot of my friends that I've talked to are kind of like, why can't the public get um, vaccinated first? Right. Like, yeah, at least two vaccines before, you know, we lift masks and open things back up to a hundred percent, but I don't yeah, know. I don't I'm know. constantly surprised. Really <laughs> chapped lips or, um, you know, having dry skin underneath his mask. I don't, I don't know. I have yeah. no clue like why someone right now would be like, get rid of him. Cause like here in Georgia, the, the recent thing here that I've heard is like, wear two masks Yeah, <laughs> over in Texas. It's like, wear none. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what Fauci was saying for a while. I was like, wear two masks. It only makes sense, you know, like, <laughs> but um, it's only common sense is I think the words he used. But yeah, um, I like made a joke to my friends. I'm in a group message and they were saying like, well, why does he do this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm embarrassed. And I was like, it's funny how he like decides to like lift this order and, you know, open it back up in the middle of a pandemic. But like weed is still illegal like it's just like one of those things that's like we could stimulate the economy if we like do that but instead we're I don't know is opening it back up to 100% gonna like help business or is it just gonna dwindle I think that's a really good like thought to have right like like because it could it could help businesses but at the same time um you know here businesses are open right like businesses are allowed to be open in Atlanta, but uh, there's a mask mandate. It's mm-hmm. not really that enforced uh, at most places because it's like, well, who in your store or your restaurant is, is going to tell uh, the average American citizen yeah. like that on, you know, especially in the South, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it could, right? It could, in theory, I guess, like help if more people are coming out, but then if more people come out, it's like, well, that increases the chance of COVID. And this is like... Um, kind of the conversations I've had with other people in Atlanta um, that are booking shows, that are, are hosting events. I've had some conversations with folks and, you know, I'm trying to gauge with them, like, where's your head at? Like, like, what are you trying to do here with this event? Because mm-hmm. if you get a lot of people at it, what if everyone gets COVID? Mm-hmm. Well, if you get nobody, mm, what if no one makes any money? And it's like, why are you throwing an event right now? Because how do you walk that line? How, yeah. do, you, how do you be safe, right? But then also still be fun Mm -hmm. how do you make sure that everyone wears their masks the correct way but then also tips the bartender that's a that's a lot to worry about that's a lot to think about there's so many variables there and it's like do you hire security yeah you also like kind of put your reputation on the line yeah I think it might be more I mean I obviously don't know the individuals who are like doing this but in my perspective I think one, people are over it. <laughs> and then yeah. two, I think it's a way to make money. And obviously the music industry has been hit hard. We don't have festivals. It's hard for artists to get together and collaborate um, when that was so easy before. Yeah. I think it's just a money, it boils down to money at the end of the day. And obviously, yeah, I like mean, you said before, we've been getting crumbs. Yeah, that's very true. And a lot of people are sick and tired of it. And I can completely understand that. But mm-hmm to kind of have this mentality like there was someone I spoke with um, recently it was a coworker of mine and um, it was actually her last day so she was kind of like opening up about just how she felt about things in general and um, 
it, it wasn't mine, so I, I didn't necessarily get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, but she was telling me how she doesn't want to sacrifice her life and her fun because, you know, she's already older and she's like, I want to be able to live. And so I go out and I go to bars and I try and just be as safe as possible. I do everything that they tell me to, but it's like, listen, lady, everything that they're telling you it isn't enough. It's not, it's not enough. Just because the government is like, hey, as long as you wear a mask, you'll be okay. Go to the bar. You'll be fine. Yeah. Look at these deaths and cases, like the, the, the right there to just counterbalance that and be like, no, this is not the reality. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there are people out there who are straight up just like, yeah, I want to live my life. I don't care about all these other people. I don't care that 500,000 people have died. I mean, that's a crazy number. That's a wild number. Mm -hmm. Imagine that many people in person. Yeah. I was that like, could listening. Fill up arenas. Multiple. Yeah. I Exactly. I was listening to a podcast um, and they were kind of like talking about is Joe Rogan. Um, I love Tim Dillon. He's my favorite comedian. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but uh, I, I don't really listen to Joe's really podcast. Familiar. Yeah, he, he's hilarious. He, you know, is one of those LA comedians who made the move to Austin. Go figure. <laughs> um, popular one. Mm -hmm, yeah, like everyone from California is moving to Texas now. But um they were saying like just imagine like an arena full whenever they're you know performing a show like all those people but just like and it's so morbid to think but just like dead like that's a case count right there i think some people need to have that illustrated for them though i think that there's some people still out there because i still hear it mm -hmm. um on social media most of the, so really i see it i hear it yeah but, um who are like I don't know anyone who's died of COVID. I don't know anyone who's gotten this virus, this China virus. I don't know. And it's just like, what are you, get your head out of your ass, dude. Like it, all of this is not fabricated to, to just confuse you or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like this is just what's going on and we're all rolling with it. You yeah. know, is it man-made? I don't know. That doesn't really get us out of this. <laughs> but it doesn't get us out of it, right? Yeah. Like it did, in my opinion, probably come from a lab, but it doesn't change like the predicament we're in now, like regardless where it came from. Definitely exactly. didn't come from a bad at this point. I think we can all agree or agree to disagree about that. But regardless, we are still, you know, putting up with something we were putting up with a year ago. Yeah. We haven't really changed. Indeed. <laughs> Big Indeed. head. Nod. I definitely thought this was going to be over. Uh, <laughs> I definitely thought this was going to be over like last summer. I was like so yeah. optimistic. And then the summer rolled around and I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it was so bad. Have you traveled a lot or any travel? So my sister has had um, a kid um, during this time span. So I did travel back home to the Daytona area um, to, you know, meet the new baby, baby yeah, Eli. So cute. Oh my God, adorable. Boy, Eli. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so it's her second son. Um, she's basically got Irish twins, so she kind of mm -hmm. had them back to back. Um, <laughs> so she's been a stay-at-home mom this entire time. So shouts yeah. out to you, Marina. I don't know how you're doing it. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I did travel back home um, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Mm -hmm. But uh, my girlfriend and I, we lived together. We both got tested before we went down and we got yeah. tested after we came back up. So, you know, we tried to do it as, you know, as safe as you can. Mm -hmm. um, but you know there it just takes one little thing yeah know? it really does that's like my parents I mean my mom's so anal about COVID and she has been um still to this day disinfecting things whenever she buys them at the store and I mean I don't do that but you know all the power to her 
you know, for doing that. And so, yeah. um, it's that peace of mind. It is that peace of mind. And, you know, it's whatever floats your boat. And, um, my point being that, you know, she's been so anal about everything. And then there was this one visit that she made. That's the only time she's traveled is this one time, uh, she was visiting my sister in South, South Texas. She goes to San Marcos, Texas state out in, um, that area. And so she stayed at a hotel and her and my dad ended up getting COVID and they gave it to my sister. Yeah. And this was all over Christmas time. So I couldn't even come home for Christmas. (laughs) I know it was awful, but yeah, like I said, she's just been so cautious. She double masks, you know, always has a little hand sanitizer on her, but it just takes, you know, one instance of it and, um, of exposure. And you don't, she is to this day, she, I don't think she really knows where she got it from. Um, she was thinking it was the hotel room, you know, it's so hard you to tell. Don't know. You, yeah, you don't know. And it was odd because my sister had tested negative right before they came. And it's just, it's so iffy. That's the only thing we do know, this whole situation we're in. Um, yeah, I mean, with testing too, the timing of it matters so much because you you may be negative when you get that test. But, you know, if, if you don't wait the proper amount of time or if if you're just forced to to do something like go to a store or go go to work and you have an external facing job uh, mm-hmm. you know you're just kind of screwed it's so hard to like line up the timing of things and then to actually be able to afford quarantining indoors for 2 weeks to be able to afford to not leave that that actually is kind of difficult it is um on a lot of people um from a space standpoint but also a financial standpoint you know mm-hmm. so many americans live paycheck to paycheck and it's just impossible. It's impossible to, you know, keep everything going, keep all the wheels moving. Um, Mm -hmm. Can't leave. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, So when do you think this might be over? I truthfully think it'll be over before it's over, if that makes sense. So I think a lot more places are going to be like Texas Mm. and be like, it's done. Yeah. (laughs) Go back outside, live your lives, come to the movie theater, Dune's in again. Mm. I mean, I just feel like (laughs) no matter what, uh, we're going to do it too early. Even the states that wait the longest, I think it's going to still be too early. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. I'm kind of like nervous now that we've lifted this, you know, whatever. Um, just I'm nervous about travel. Like, well, what if we can't leave Texas? Or like, what if people coming into Texas from other states like have to stay here and, you know, get a negative test? Like, what if other states quarantine Texas? Because we like can't travel to Canada. Not that like travels on my mind, but it's just like, kind of one of those things that I mean it does bother me you know it's like well it does that make sense yeah no I completely understand I never want to feel boxed in or like I don't have any kind of like options or I mean in Texas so huge I shouldn't like really feel that way but it's like at the same time it's like just the fact pretty empty though right like it's got like a lot of empty space between the cities yeah there's definitely a lot of travel time between the cities for sure um you know, I was driving from Houston and that's four hours. So. Mm. How long does it take to get to, from one side of the state to the other? Oh my God. Like 10. Wow. Okay, so kind of like Florida. Cause Florida takes yeah. a long, if you're in Miami to get out, it's, it's like almost a full day of driving. I would fly if I were in Florida exclusively. <laughs> yeah. Driving through Florida. One... It's not that fun. Yeah. yeah. A lot of Jesus billboards. <laughs> 
but in Texas, it's nice because you, you're, you know, driving and you see um, a lot of scenery. I said this in another podcast that I was recording and it's nice to be in Texas because, you know, driving from Houston and I said I went to school in Lubbock. Um, I don't know if you caught that, but that's like on the far west side of Texas. You cover so much landscape and um, yeah, it's just cool. You're in a really flat part of the state for a long time, but then, you know, you get to the cap rock of Lubbock and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, but then, you know, Lubbock is flat itself. So hmm. it has, it's, it has, it's like very pretty places, you know? I'm all about that. I love being outside in nature. Um, I love state parks. Yeah. Um, I love like, like road trips just for like that reason to be able to see different landscapes and different mm-hmm. areas. So I completely emphasize with that. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, I don't, know if this kind of touches base with what you were saying earlier but do you have any like trips planned or um so I had a bunch planned in 2020 like that I had to cancel that I would like to reschedule since um whenever I'm going to take a vacation somewhere I do like a gross amount of research into the food in that city (laughs) and then I kind of plan out like what restaurants I want to eat at um so I really um I really want to go to Asheville and Gatlinburg, see the, mm-hmm. the Great Smokies. I've never seen them in person. Yeah. And um, I would love to be able to like, you know, go and do that. I was supposed to last April. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, would love to go to New Orleans. I was supposed to go there uh, for my girlfriend's birthday last um, September. And um, definitely that's probably like one of the first trips I'm going to take is to go to um, NOLA. NOLA. That's a, such a cool city. I love going to NOLA. Um, I was thinking about going there for my birthday, but they're, they're still closed up. They're, you know, being pretty cautious and Mardi Gras happened, I guess, and they didn't allow any, anything to happen on Bourbon Street. And uh, Oof, I had a, tough. yeah, I mean, I read in the newspaper that they like, were still doing stuff, but it was like, just from your house, if that makes sense. So like, I don't know if you ever saw those videos of, um, I saw them on Facebook or on Twitter of Italy and they're like singing from their balcony and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like that same vibe, but like in NOLA, people were like, you know, playing their trumpet down the streets, but not like congregating. It would just be like in neighborhoods and stuff like that. So oh, it sounds was so sad. I know, but it, you know, at least they're going with the times and, you know, being safe and whatnot, but I did. Oh, of course. Have, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And definitely. I did have a trip planned to new Orleans, but then, 2020 happened and it was like right the weekend before everything closed up and so I was like oh crap we can't go (laughs) and that was I don't know if you saw but they had like police on Bourbon Street like telling people to go home like back in March of last year and that was when we were supposed to go and I was like oh my gosh like if we were there right now we would be you know out and, and policemen would be telling us like go home um and that was also like back when no one really knew anything about it. And so it was just kind of like really scary. And isn't it wild that that was the scariest mm-hmm. for like the general public? Like yeah. right now, like I think that like a person like myself is mm-hmm. probably more scared than I was back then. Right. Because now like I've seen, like I know people that have passed away. Um, I know people that have people in their family that have passed away and it's, it's so much more real to me now than it was then. Mm-hmm. And um so much of my life has been impacted and affected by it. I used to perform like on a weekly basis. I used to go and see friends, hang out. I used to smoke weed with people. I only do it inside my house, like (laughs) myself pretty much now. Um, But it's just so difficult. It really is. Yeah. And I don't want to make the whole 
episode about it. I mean, it is kind of what we're dealing with. So it's interesting, again, like politics um, in this place. So hand in hand. Um, and yeah, everyone, we have talked about COVID for a minute. Yeah, everyone just has such a strong like opinion about everything. And it's really nice to just have like a long conversation and hear other people's like point of views. Like I would have never like known that, you know, you've been hit this hard. Obviously the music industry has just been, you know, killed. But um, I think whenever this does turn around, like it'll bring people more together. Um, I'm nervous that we're going to have to like get vaccines before going to shows and things like that, or even traveling out of the country. But you know, I, I guess we, like- we got to do like a Beyonce concert, like a, like a big name like that, you might need a or like vaccine. a festival. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Beyonce might be there. Like, where's your vaccine? <laughs> yeah. Or like that, uh, like travel pass where they like show you the, like, like, Oh, I'm uh-huh. vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like for like local shows, like nah, anyone's going to just go in there. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I think the DIY culture is going to go back to being, um, just as the way that it always was. Yeah. Well, here in Texas, God knows what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Don't come here anytime soon. Don't make a road trip down here. <laughs> Are there any, any um, like music or podcasts or like what has been keeping you like occupied during all this time? Um, so I think the biggest thing um, at first was like, wow, I got all this time with my girlfriend, all this time mm-hmm. with my cat. Like, oh, wow. And then like it turned into like, I'm never alone. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think that like the best uh, thing for me has been um, writing. Um, I've, I've written so much material um, throughout this whole year. I haven't necessarily gotten that many chances to record it. I don't have an at-home studio, um, but uh, I know that I'm going to get chances in the near future um, to be able to lay that material down. So writing has been like a big thing for me, as well as video games. Um, I play Among Us almost on a weekly basis with a huge group of friends. Um, and then I play a bunch of other video games with friends as well. Um, nice. Video yeah, games. It's, it's really helped um, in terms of like, like the social aspects mm-hmm. of gaming. But what's really sad though, um, is like once you're like, oh, hey guys, like I'm, I'm done for the night. Like I'm going to get off. You, you, you get off, you're done. Like you, they're in your ear. It feels so intimate and they're gone. They're just yeah. gone instantly. You don't, you don't really get like a hug. There's no like hug goodbye or like see yeah. you later. That's or like, you know, point. like sometimes like, think about that yeah like sometimes you might get like held up when you leave and like to me that used to happen all the time I'm actually really horrible at like saying goodbye and like getting out of somewhere on time okay I'll that's me keep too talking to people <laughs> yeah and just like to have that like immediate like oh they're gone like it's it's a little depressing it really mm-hmm. it is a little depressing I hear that yeah. a lot with like so Alice in Wonderland she's one of my favorite artists and in one of the interviews that she did, she said it's like really hard to be a musician because you know you're performing in front of all these people. You see them crying, like laughing with their friends, having a great time, and just a range of emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on the music that you're playing and you know how connected the audience is with you. But then, mm-hmm. like, it's so depressing to just like see that, and then once the show's over, like everyone's out, like you're in your hotel room by yourself watching TV. So it's like you just do yeah. this like really big like thing and so many like endorphins are running through your body as you're performing for a crowd for her. I mean, thousands of people <clears throat> go see her all over the country. Um, and so she's like expressed that it's hard. And so I feel like it's probably not the same, but like on a similar scale, it's like, you know, you're in, in the ear with like all your buddies mm-hmm. playing some video game. And then all of a sudden it's like, click, bye. <laughs> yeah. 
I wish Kerm's music um, would make people cry. I wish like when I performed, <laughs> they would, they would see it. Like, and just, I like, just want to make a grown man cry. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> it's, it, producing is something I've always been interested in. Um, do you use like, what kind of, so do you have like Ableton or like what, what do you? So I actually, um, I don't make any of the beats um, mm-hmm. that I use. Um, I work with uh, a couple of different local producers for the most part. Every now and then I'll, you know, buy a beat online or mm-hmm. some like random person will like email me a beat. How they get my email? I don't know. That's but, cool. Uh, <laughs> for I at least, um, for all you producers out there, I listen uh, to yeah. anything sent my way. Yeah. Um, but uh, my main producer um, is kind of like my, my right-hand man, my sidekick on the stage. Uh, I perform with him several times. His name's Christian Monroe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also based in Atlanta. Uh, he makes like, have you heard um, 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye West, that album? Yeah. Mm-hmm. A while back. He kind yeah. of makes music that if Kanye only made that album, that's kind of what Christian's music's like. Okay. But that's a little cool. more dancey, not as sad. Uh-huh. Have you found it hard to like work with other people because you guys have a strong connection or is it just kind of like a, oh, I'm like pretty open to working with whoever? Um, I'm open to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I first started uh, making music way back when, um, I got burned a lot. Uh, by people who just were not as passionate as me, people who didn't have the drive, uh, they didn't take it all that seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I'm working on my own. And like, I kind of felt that way for probably like the first two years of me making music. Um, but once I started playing shows more and meeting more people who were much more serious about their craft, took it mm-hmm. like, you know, had lots of passion behind it. And um actually were you know attentive to to everything and um took it seriously uh once I kind of met more people like that then I was like okay and I kind of like you know put my guard down a little bit and um yeah I feel much more flexible and open to working with others now uh but if you were to ask me that question a couple years ago I'd be like no (laughs) never I'm not working with anyone yeah I mean it must be kind of hard because like if if you like don't produce your own beats and I don't know I feel like it would be a little limiting at sometimes if you keep yourself closed off. Did you like have that problem when you first started out or was it? Yeah, just- uh, definitely. Um, being like not open to certain things. Uh, mm-hmm. There were definitely some opportunities that came my way that I was like, hell no. Mm-hmm. When like I probably could have done them and um, I don't regret it or anything. It was just how I felt at the time. Uh, but yeah, I-, I would definitely say that I've experienced it. Okay. Um, have you seen Dave, that show on Hulu? Oh, is that a little Dickie show? yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay okay yeah when you said you and just your like sidekick. the first I like the first couple episodes what was that who's my sidekick yeah so whenever you were like saying that you and your producer sidekick whenever you like go on stage and perform with him uh it just reminded me of that that show little dicky because he has like he oh, is a rapper and then he has his like producer sidekick that's also like on stage with him and is like kind of like his hype man <laughs> Yeah, if I could have it my way, um, Christian would be at every Kerm set, and uh, we would be doing all of our songs that we have together every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just the, the cards don't fall that way. Yeah, um, I mean, everyone sometimes. has their own schedule. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's cool that y'all have that relationship. Yeah, that show's good. You should actually finish it, because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely need to keep watching it. Uh, I definitely slept on it for way too much time now because I'm still sleeping on it right now I think I binged it to be honest and maybe that's why I have like I feel like when you watch everything all at once you know you get that full like perspective um or even like when it, in a couple of days but then whenever you like sit on it it's like hmm, 
you know, like going back to it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I try not to binge like really anything. I, I try and like savor okay. like, any kind of media. I don't have that there. self-control. <laughs> there's, there's times though where like I've binged for sure. I think every season of Stranger Things I've watched like in one sitting. Oh yeah. Like there's just some, some like shows or like just some things out there where like they just really grab you, you know, mm. and like even me. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> like to binge, but I do sometimes. Yeah. So what are your like favorite shows? My favorite shows. Okay. So my favorite um, shows usually are probably like adult animation. So like stuff made for adults, mm -hmm. but um, cause a lot of people, they'll just, the reason I say that is cause a lot of people will be like, Oh, is that a cartoon? That's for kids. That's for children. What are you doing watching that? You're a grown man. Uh, but um, I mean, you see my shirt. I see the shirt. I have, like, yeah. a, a cartoon characters on yeah. it. Um, I love Hey Arnold. I think it's one of the most uh, like closest things to a visual representation of real life that a cartoon depicts. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like a lot of the lessons that that show teaches kids. I think, I think it's like a pretty good TV show, like holistically speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I love Rocket Power. Um, I love Futurama. Okay. Uh, I think my favorite comedy of all time, though, is um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've probably yeah. watched that all the way through, uh, like, at least, like, 20 times. Yeah. Um, I love uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, honestly, almost anything from Nickelodeon from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s probably slaps, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, probably. Um, I feel like in that time people were like producers and stuff not music wise but like in television they were able to like take more risks but now I feel like if you were to sit in a producer's room or whatever on at a table with all the writers it, it's like so like you're jumping through so many holes like that's what I've heard <laughs> so it's yeah, like kind of just one of those things where like tv nowadays it's like trying to be too edgy and it's I don't know definitely yeah, not what it used just to like, be it's like so like like now is so much different than than even 10 or 15, 20 years ago. You have no idea when you're creating something, and this just goes for anything in general, anything that you're making, you have no idea how it's gonna age. Mm -hmm. You don't know what's gonna be problematic in the future. You only know what is right and wrong at the time that you're in. You know, yeah. you, have no, you have no idea. Uh, I guarantee you most people would have had no idea that, um, well, I can't really say the word, but <laughs> but um, the R word um, would become like a, a word that you can't oh, yeah. use really or that's not accepted uh, because growing up, that was really commonly said, not in the way that most people meant it, if that makes any kind of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think a lot of people understood the the people they were hurting with that word when they yeah. were using it. And yeah. maybe if they did understand, I don't think they cared. Yeah. And um, even but more now that's dream. Yeah. Now yeah. you can't use it at all. Yeah, really? an even more extreme example would be like the hard ER word. I was watching Porky's the other day. It's a movie. Um, I think it's on Amazon. It's pretty good. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Um, but literally in the first, like, it's it's from the 80s. It's It's about like these high school kids who like are basically like, you know, it's hilarious. So it's these high school kids and um, they get into like beef with a strip club owner because <laughs> they're like nice. trying to go to a strip club underage and it's like from the 80s but literally in the first like five minutes of the uh, first three minutes of the opening scene they use that word and I'm like oh my god like <laughs> how is this like it's a different time you know, yeah different literally time. totally different time and I was just like taken back I was like okay well we have to keep watching because I'm honestly just like curious as to like 
how this was like able to fly, you know, like I'm surprised it hasn't gotten canceled. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot Four of cocaine keys. in those days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like you said, different times and you know, priorities were different and I mean now And different guess, people yeah. held different positions of power as well. And that's really important to know. And the average public, you know, the average person now is so much more woke than they were way back then. Yeah. You know, like I don't know how comfortable I feel saying that after some of the events that have happened in our country, but I still believe that like the average person probably is much more sensitive and probably cares a lot more about just different like liberal issues or um, different things in language. You know, mm -hmm. there's a, there's like a lot of, of words that um, used, used to be like fun or cool or, or whatever um, for Hollywood and movies in general and TV. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you just don't see them anymore. Yeah. And there's like so many more words that have been introduced, right? To like describe gender and things like that. Like, like you say, definitely more woke. That's what yeah. I would use to describe it. Yeah. I um, think that like 20 years ago, and um, I don't know how qualified I am to say this, but I, I think like 20 or 25 years ago, like the average person would be like, trans what like what are, what? Yeah. what's going on? Like, I feel like most people wouldn't even understand the concept of a transgender person like 20 yeah. years ago. I think even like, so I like Sex in the City. That's like one of my favorite shows. Maybe your girlfriend can relate, but uh, yeah. I've watched it like a hundred times. And even in there, like they're in New York, obviously. And um, Sam, she's also in Porky's, which I didn't realize until the end of the movie. Um, but she like moves to a part, in one of the episodes, she moves to a part of New York where there's like a lot of like trans people. Well, they're not trans, but you know, they're like cross-dressers. And sure. so like, even then, it is shows like a 90s show. So even then, like it was still a little bit new. So I feel like 20 years ago is probably a good gauge on, on time and, and people not, you know, being aware. Yeah, yeah. And you know. maybe they had like an idea, but their idea was just like really flawed and problematic. You know, yeah. like maybe they're like, oh, that's what it is when it's like not at all close, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like a really good way to gauge people's just like who like who they are kind of like maybe you know what they're inspired by what are two albums that you are in love with or two songs or or you know artists give me give me some background on <laughs> i got you um so taste. immediately uh my two favorite uh hip-hop albums of all time that have inspired me a lot is four five six by cool g rap mm -hmm. um the song Fast Life with him and Nas on that, okay. as well as Ghetto Knows, which is just cool as you rap on that one. Those two songs are, are incredible. I've listened to them hundreds of times. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to that album a lot. Enter the 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh, I've listened to that a lot. Uh, to Cal uh, by Method Man, the song and the album. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say those are like the immediate things that come to mind. Dr. Lecter by Action Bronson. That's more new. Some okay. new school for you out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, those are like the immediate albums and songs and artists that come to mind. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, uh, really love him. I love Nas. Pretty old school. You're are you an old yeah. school guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the most part, in terms of like what I listen to. Yeah. Um, I used to like kind of like write in a way that was very like old school like. So like early day Kerm. If you go back mm -hmm. and you listen to um, my project Illusions of Power. Mm -hmm that Kerm was very much like, yeah, I need to be hard. I need to be a man. I'm going to rap and be strong. And like, you know, I was very like, um, like you had taken like 
1994 New York rapper and just kind of plugged him in to like modern day times. And that's kind of like what early day current was like, like kind of stagnant. And um, All right, I could envision, envision that. Yeah. And then um, with each project I did, I kind of like opened up more to being more experimental. And, um, you know, now my newest song that I actually have coming out, um, by the time that uh, you listeners out there are hearing this, it's probably going to be to be released. Uh, it's called Everywhere. Um, and it features an artist uh, from Atlanta, um, Jordan Benatar, also known as Benatar Entertainment System. And she is actually a chiptune artist. So she does like electronic music. Hmm. And um, we have a song together that's like a lo-fi hip hop song that's like all the instrumental is comprised of like Nintendo, like old NES Nintendo oh, sounds. That's cool. Yeah. And so I'm really trying to like step outside of my comfort zone. So like I have another song coming out with um, the leader of the rap group Visibly in Flight. Uh, his name's um, Wave, Grandmaster Wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm singing on that song. And I've only sung like once or twice before. Um, so yeah, I'm just constantly trying to push myself and, um, you know, eventually I want to, you know, maybe make a punk album, have like a whole yeah, punk band behind all me. Right. I That's would awesome. love to work with like a guitarist and then just do a full on folk album. I, mm-hmm. I write folk songs, but I have no outlet or way to express them. Connect with people and do that. Well, you know, hopefully this like opens that door. Um, I had recently on my podcast, uh, one of my friends from high school, Eric went and he does a lot of I would say indie. He he has like a big Tame Impala vibe. Like it's just like chill music. So maybe about Rick Face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you check that out? I did my homework. That is correct. Did your homework? Yes, I listened to okay. the Rick Face episode. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's who I was like talking about Texas to. Um, you know, because we both live here. But did you listen to any of his songs? Um. No. I mean, actually, it was on the just, intro. So. Yeah. I I I think it was called Silhouettes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, I listened to that song, but I didn't. I didn't go and like check out. Yeah. Um, anymore. So sorry, Rick Face. No, um, it, I mean, this. I think that's that's like one of the newest ones. I know. I don't. I've always heard his music live, and so it's hard for me to say what he has out. Um, and then also, I don't know. He's a cool dude, though. Good for you for doing your homework. <laughs> I always like to go into things with like an open mind. So I know you did the episode with Reckless Ryan and. Um, I'll be curious to hear that now, having had a conversation with Ooh, you. Oh, you were brave. You didn't listen. You didn't listen to <laughs> no, it before. No, I have to go into things with the open yeah. mind. Otherwise, I'll just psych myself out. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But um, I guess that's a treat that you'll have um, in the future. But also for anyone listening out there, uh, you know, Reckless Ryan hosts a podcast called Talking Reckless. Uh, you've probably heard of him before because I'm pretty sure he's also been on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, like shout Reckless out to Ryan, Ryan. Uh, for you know, making this connection happen. Yeah, seriously, shout out. Um, I'm always like reposting his stuff on Twitter. Um, I'll do the same with you. Um, but one last question before we close out, because I know we are reaching the end of the hour. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about travel, but what are some spots in the world that you would like to go to or in the States or, you know? Mm. So you mentioned the Great Smoky Mountains earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to go to a couple of the spots I mentioned earlier. Um, I would love to eat inside of a restaurant um, <laughs> anywhere. Uh, that would be awesome. I would love to. Like, food. Yeah, I would love to just eat someone else's food. I'm so sick of like my food. I'm so sick yeah. of like, cooking for myself. Um, so I'm going to throw out a couple of uh, local restaurants in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I plug local artists, but I'm going to plug a couple of local businesses real quick. Um, Homegrown um, is an amazing, 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 amazing Atlanta 
um, brunch spot. Um, they're so successful that they can close at 3 p.m. That's oh how God. successful they are. So um, the wait there is usually like 45 minutes to an hour, but it is so worth it. They have the best chicken biscuit. It's called the Comfy Chicken Biscuit. Mm. And I cannot wait until I can sit inside that restaurant and eat a Comfy Chicken Biscuit again. Um, I love the Porter. The Porter is um, a beer hall. They have a catalog of drinks. Um, can't wait to go there. Um, it's legitimately like a book. They have a book uh, that you can order from and oh they have just hundreds and hundreds of things uh, that they'll serve you in a given night. And um, I really miss hanging out there. Uh, I used to go to that bar on a weekly basis. Um, yeah, for the most part, I'm, I'm just going to say I really miss some of the things in Atlanta I used to do and I can't wait to go and do them. Yeah. Well, that's always good to hear. Keeping it local. I love that. Um, yeah. Got to spread yeah. love. Definitely, for sure. So with that said, I guess, what is, uh, what are your final words to the listeners? Plug all your socials and everything. And <laughs> how can people find you? What do you have to say to them? Um, so my final words to the listeners, um, I want to say thank you for listening. Uh, if, you know, if you're hearing this, uh, that means you lasted the whole time and you got past um, our, our talk on COVID, which is, you know, a lot of people out there might get a little disencouraged because they're just so sick of COVID. But if you made it this far, from the bottom of my heart, I love you. I do. <laughs> Kerm loves you. Remember that. You can come up to me 20 years from now and be like, you still love me? And I'll say <laughs> yes. Um, but you can find me on um, all social media except Twitter. That's actually the one place um, I'm not on besides TikTok. Um, I went on Twitter for a little bit. Not my thing. Just not yeah. my thing. But um, you can find me on Instagram. There I'm uh, 21 Kerm. So just 21C-U-R-M. Uh, on Facebook, you can find me at Big Fat Kerm. So that's B-I-G-F-A-T-C-U-R-M. Um, and then you can find me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, Tidal, YouTube, um, any of the streaming services that I have forgotten um, that don't pay artists enough as it is. You can check me on there um, as Kerm, uh, just C-U-R-M. Uh, probably not. But um, yeah, Facebook and Instagram are the best places. Uh, give me some more. Give me some more. Give me some Open the bag. Open the bag. Open the bag. Open the bag. Yeah, we coming for you. You fucking sell out. You better watch out before we bring the gas out. It's a shutdown. We taking all the dubs. You a damn clown. You need a hideout. Away from town, cause it's lights out. My people say you fucking with my squad. So I'ma tell my people. Disregard the law, find that man, sock him in his job, break his face, beat his ass, raw, lean for dead, take his head and feed him to the mob. Open this bag, give me some more, deep in your ass with this flow. Open this bag, give me some more, find the time to fuck up my rhyme with this flow. Open this bag, give me some more, I'm deep in your ass with this flow. Open this bag, give me some more, open this bag, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. Open this bag, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more, oh think about it, give me some more, open this bag, give me some more. Please give me some more. Pipe, pipe, a lead, rest of cheese. Chef Venom, color red to lead. God damn it, feeling fresh, so clean. Ice cold, mint, light, listen, rain. Venom, get a litty up a burn, get a kitty. She really like the leaky, leave a sticky, Vicky. Grown got sickly, but me, I'm always ill. Fascination for my skills, these boss cannot heal. Who the fuck keep knocking on my front door? Shut the fuck up, there's no talking, you hoe. You was a bitch, it says on your clothes. You can suck dick, shove it up your asshole. Give me some more, give me some more. Venom and curve, come in the throats. Shattering crowns and burning some thrones. Give me some more, give me some more. Give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. Open the bag, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. Open the bag, give me some more, give me some more, give me some more. Open the bag, open the bag. Yo, hello, hi, dungeon boss. This a ray
complain, so everybody is flame. Bitch, I'm gas, you inhaling every strain. Fetch his music, so I'm closer to your veins. Hold up, wait. Shh, be quiet. Really trying to start all right. Really trying to kill these terrors. Really airing just attack. Hold up, wait, bitch, be silent. Really be a nuisance. Talking about shit, you a dumb fish. Kill, turn to box with humans. Dummy, peep how I stack this money. Jokes on you, not funny. Flow too smooth like honey. Bitch, I'm sick, nose running. 2021, I'm running. Yo, yeah. give me some more. Give me some more. Give me some more. Yeah. Give me some more, give me some more, give me some more, hey, yeah, give me some more, hey, bitch, yeah.